This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. It's all songs considered from NPR Music. I'm Robin Hilton. Earlier this year, singer Paul Simon surprised fans by releasing seven psalms, his first new album since 2018. Good morning, Mr. Indignation. Looks like you haven't slept all night. In my professional opinion, go back to bed and turn off your light. The release of Seven Psalms was surprising not because so much time has passed, but because Paul Simon's previous record, In the Blue Light, was supposed to be his last. In a conversation with All Songs Considered's Bob Boylan, Simon said he was ready to retire from music and pursue other creative projects, like painting. But at 81 years old, Simon couldn't stay away from making music for long. His latest album is a probing, deeply personal and considered work about the state of the world, war, global warming, the pandemic, and so much more. This week on All Songs Considered, we go back to our 2018 conversation with Paul Simon when he first announced that he was done making new music. Here he is talking about the creative process that led to his previous album, In the Blue Light, a collection of reworked and re-recorded older songs from his catalog. Well, I haven't written a a new song in a couple of years now. I think after Stranger to Stranger, a funny thing happened when I finished. I I really felt like a switch. I literally felt like a switch clicked, and I said, I'm finished. I think I'm finished. And so I haven't written anything new, although I, I, I was fooling around or have been fooling around with a little guitar piece, but... You said to me, actually, back then, if I remember right, when when we last talked, that uh, you wondered what would happen if instead when you have these creative impulses, because you've been writing songs since you were 13, because that was what your 13-year-old self wanted to do. And, right. And, and, right and, and so yeah. if you turn that off, if you, like, stop doing that, like, what would happen? And that's what you were wondering a couple of years ago. Now you're saying that it's been a few years, and basically, other than a little guitar thing, you haven't written songs. So... Where are you finding those creative impulses going? Well, I'm not up to that, as it turns out, about the creative impulses. What I'm, what I'm really interested in on a personal level are uh, my dreams. I have a long history, really going back to like when I'm four, of uh, violence dreams. Hmm. And... Those dreams, they got uh, so intense a few years ago that I took a trip down to Brazil to see this healer, John of God. I didn't know that he necessarily would be what I needed, but uh, there were friends of mine who said, go and down, you'll find it interesting. Anyway, to me, it's like, I don't need much arm twisting to go to Brazil so I said, okay, I'll go down there and see what's going on here. Well, uh, he, didn't, he didn't really have anything that fixed it, if that's the right word. But I've been thinking about it uh, more and more. And 
lately, uh, in the, when like in the last year or so, my dreams are be, are they're getting longer and more. Uh, I don't know. They're ex- sort of explosions of anger sometimes come out. But sometimes I feel like I can almost control the dreams and I have an insight into what it is. And uh, and so I feel like there's a long, this is a long story and I'm beginning to understand things about my life and who I am. And I feel like that's what I'm up to doing rather than thinking how can I develop music or some other creative form uh, I've begun to think that music was a vehicle that brought me all this way these many years and the purpose of it was aside from giving me intense enjoyment the purpose of it was to put me here so that I could begin to understand just what my life was about and what it meant. And so I guess that's mostly what's on my mind on a personal level. Hmm. On a occupational level, I, I've gotten involved with... Um, Edward Wilson's uh, Half-Earth Foundation, which deals with ecological problems in ways of uh, preserving life on the planet and dealing with uh, climate change. And you were doing the Children's Health Fund? You still yeah, that to, as well? to a lesser degree. Uh-huh. Um, I've turned more of my attention to uh, environmental issues. I see that as uh, problem-solving that's really necessary. I look at all the anger and the conflicts that go on within our species, human rights, racism and xenophobia and sexism and all of these human rights. And I think, well, there's a battle that's coming between the good and the I don't know if evil is the right word or mistaken is the right word, but there's a spiritual battle that is forming now. And the result of it, as far as humans and our species goes, I know which side I'm on, but if there's no planet and uh, if there's no life on the planet or life on the planet is, is so severely diminished then all of these battles are moot. It doesn't matter. So uh, that's why I think, no, I'd rather work and try and reverse bad political decisions or help buy as much land as possible and preserve it. And uh, this is for my my children's future. I'm not going to see it, but... Uh, that's something that I, that I think of. And I think, well, I can use, certainly use my music to raise money or awareness for that, so uh, that will keep me playing. I, I really enjoy playing. But I haven't addressed the issue of what other forms of my natural inclination to, to create. I really haven't come up to that since we had that discussion. I imagine that it's coming. <laughs> But I really haven't been there. And then I've been paying attention a lot to this final 
tour. So, you know, I, I really do take it one step at a time uh, to, to make it as interesting and as musical as I can. I mean, in a way, it's procrastinating if my job were to create something new. I haven't really created anything new, although I've recreated in a way that I'm pleased with. I, I, I like it. I don't. I don't feel like I was just doing a retread with this album. I was doing. I was rethinking all of it, and even even rewriting uh, where I thought the songs needed to be. Can I start by playing uh, something that uh, of you, you work with a group, Y Music, the letter Y and the word music there. Uh, right. It's three string players and uh, what a flute and, uh, well, you could tell me, but... Flute, trumpet, and uh, clarinet. And you do a version of Can't Run, Bud. And I was thinking about your work with the environment and your, your concern about it, which is in the song sort of starts off taking place in Ukraine, Chernobyl, uh, is certainly the image in my mind when this song plays. Can we talk about the way mm -hmm. this song was rearranged? And, and uh, I think it's an exciting uh, remaking. I'll play a little. But I can walk much faster than this can't run but I can't run but I can walk much faster than this can't run but A cooling system burns out in the Ukraine Trees and umbrellas protect us from the new rain Armies of engineers to analyze the soil the food we contemplate, the water that we boil. I can't run, but I can walk much faster than this can't run, but I can't run, but I can walk much faster than this can't I think uh, it was uh, Bryce Desner, our, our audience knows Bryce from The National, right. who helped uh, do the arrangements. But the, the, this isn't that far from the original arrangements, who I right. don't remember Antonia's last name. Who, uh, who did that, the Brazilian musician? Uh, Guimarães? Yes. Uh, from Wak T. Yes, he, uh, Bryce took that as the model. Can you play the little uh, musical interlude that Y Music plays that Bryce wrote for them that's sort of original? You know the part I mean? It's sort of very, very rapid. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's exciting. How's that going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are those, you know, enormous uh, applause and uh, for that group. They're they're an exceptional group of musicians, and the music that they play as a group is uh, neoclassical music by uh, mostly young composers. What's interesting is to take those composers and have these songs arranged by them through Y Music. Over a year ago, I did a festival in uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. for... Um, for Justin, uh, for, with Justin Yeah, Vernon. for Justin, that's right. 
And uh, we did about, uh, Y Music and I, we did about 10 songs together. So we, we'd we been fooling around for, for a year or so with how to do this. So in a way, those songs I could choose as a beginning to this album. And then Bill Frizzell and I are friends for a while. Yeah. And I love any opportunity to play oh with him. Gosh. So, you know, I would say to him, what song would you, you know, here, here's like five, five or six choices, which would you like to do? And then we did that. We did the, his choices. Uh, the pianist Sullivan Fortner, who I think is an extraordinary pianist. Oh, my gosh. And, and they're them together on Questions for the Angels. If you shop for love in a bargain store and you don't get what you bargain for, can you get your money back? If an empty train in a railroad station calls its final destination Can you choose another track? Will I wake up from these violent dreams With my hair as white as the morning moon name Sullivan Fortner came up through Jamie Haddad who's the percussionist in my band he said you have to hear this guy play and so we got together Sullivan and I and we picked a song um, some folks lives and he wrote th that piano arrangement which is really I love it it's one of my favorites on the album Quentin uh, Marsalis, who's a real dear friend of mine, a few years ago, Winton said to me, I really like that song of yours, Pig, Sheep, and Wolves. So, well, I mean, <laughs> almost nobody's seemed to have known that song. That was one of my favorite songs from um, the You Are the One album. Can I play a little of this? Because yeah, it's sure. a, such a beautiful Big feel. Big and fat. Pig's supposed to look like that. Barnyard thug He makes his bed in a puddle of mud Look at him walking down the street That's a half ton of pygmy Up in the hills Above the farm Lives a pack of wolves Never did no harm They sleep all day 
catch a couple of rodents, you know, carnivore. Sheep in the meadow, nibbling on some clover. One of those sheep wanders over, sits by a rock, separated from the flock. He's just, he's just sitting by a rock. Where'd he go? I don't know. Yeah, he was here a minute ago. Yeah, but I don't know. Sheep is dead. Got a gash as big as a wolf's head. Big and fat. I'll pitch a post and look like that. Now, of course, the, the, what I'll say perhaps is the innocent wolf uh, gets blamed for uh, a crime. Right, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's um, you know, what do you call it, profiling. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what, the, song, that's what yeah. the song's about. But there was, you know, there's an opportunity for Winton uh, to write something f- for me in that. So, you know, I, I love that because I, I love to hang out with Winton. Um, sort of that's the way the, the, the song came together. Uh, the Teacher is a very interesting uh, version. These two guitarists, the Assad brothers, and they worked out uh, the arrangement. What was, what was so, you know, lovely for me was I could give the song to these musicians whose uh, work I really re- respected and say, here, you, you make up the arrangement and... Uh, and I'll figure out how to sing over it. So without any sort of, you gave him the old version. How did, how, I'd say, no yeah, here's the song. Don't do, don't take the old version. I don't want you to copy the old version right. and do it again. Yeah. Do it any way you want that that is feels right and fun for you to play. And then I'll uh, figure out how to sing it uh, again. That gave me, uh, you know. A chance to stretch out uh, vocally and uh-huh. you know rephrase things and you know learn from what these guys were playing. So that was fun for me. They're really all extraordinary players. So again, the songs that I that I chose and the players it was partly from the players and partly would be uh, oh my son uh, Adrian said uh, you have to do a one man ceiling uh, which I've been doing live and you have to do uh, some folks lives and uh, <laughs> Edie said uh, y- you should do how the heart approaches what it yearns and I wanted to do the teacher because I loved that song and I thought that I needed to rewrite the last verse in order for that song to be right Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll play the teacher. I'm talking with Paul Simon, and you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. When you book through Capital One Travel using the Venture X Card, you earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights, and you earn unlimited 2x miles on all other purchases. Plus, receive a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Drake and Kendrick Lamar have been lobbing some serious accusations at each other. You've probably heard the diss tracks and wondered, what's just a low blow and what's actually criminal? I'm Brittany Luce, host of It's Been a Minute from NPR, and I'm getting into what's art and what's worthy of criminal investigation and who those accusations hurt the most. 
on It's Been a Minute from NPR. This message is brought to you by Wondery. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura protects residents from global catastrophes, but a dark secret threatens Pura's very existence. Binge all episodes of The Last City ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Let me, yeah, let me play just a little of this. Uh, should I go to the, toward the last verse here? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so let me, you tell me when I'm close here. I think. Remnants of yeah, right before that. Okay, let me just go back. It's cold. All that remains of the followers' fate are the remnants of charred photographs. Teachers buried under rubble of stone, and the wind reads his words and it laughs. Deeper and deeper, the dreamer of love sleeps on a quilt of stars. Remind folks who don't know the teacher what shifted in this song. I could play the old version, but let's just talk about it for a minute. What? Well, first of all, it's a it's in a, a very unusual time signature for us. It's in eleven, eleven eight. And it's a, sort of a North African time signature. The original recording is it's a really interesting recording, but the story. I didn't make my point clear. Uh, my point was, don't follow gurus and teachers who tell you, you must follow me and, uh, you know, otherwise dire consequences will occur. You know, watch out for people like that. Mm-hmm. And in the first recording that I did, I didn't make that clear in the last verse. I sort of expressed it in a way that was ironic, so the listener would have to infer that that was what I was saying. But this time, I went and I made it as clear as I could that the teacher was was killed and everything that he said was, the wind reads his words and it laughs. I thought I was improving the song by making the point clear. And the two guitars... The Assad brothers, uh, they played 11 in a different division of the 11 beats, uh, which made me phrase a little bit differently. And then I put um, a jazz saxophonist, a really great player, Walter Blanding. He's a friend of Winton's, and he plays with uh, the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. Mm -hmm. Who did a concert of your music, didn't they? We did an evening together, or several, at Lincoln Center a few years ago, yeah. So... 
that's how the song came about. Darling Lorraine, which I think is one of the best songs that I've ever written. Sure. The first time that I did it, uh, the arrangement was so kind of interesting and eclectic that I thought you couldn't follow the storyline because you were distracted by the sounds. So this time I came and was very careful to try and allow for the storyline to go right through because if you don't follow the storyline, then the ending doesn't have its power. And it's also touching for me that this was the last time that Vincent Nguini, who was mm -hmm. my friend and bandmate for 30 years, this was the last recording that he made because he, he passed away last December. The first time I saw her I couldn't be sure But the sin of impatience Said she's just what you're looking for So I walk right up to her And with the part of me that talks I introduce myself as Frank from New York, New York, New York She's so hot, she's so cool I'm not I'm just a fool in love With darling Lorraine All my life been a wanderer Not really I've rented a room in my parents' place Anyway, so anyway Lorraine and I got married And the usual marriage stuff And then one day she says to me From out of the blue she says Frank, I've had enough Is a heartbreaker And I'm not meant to be a homemaker And I'm tired of being Darling Lorraine What? You don't love me anymore? What? You're walking out the door what? You don't like the way I chew? Well, hey, let me tell you. So it's, I'm glad to have a, a really good recording of that song. Um, it was, it's a long song, and uh, I didn't get it right the first time. And, that, the, and the first time was uh, on You're the One in the year 2000. There but, are three songs from that record, it feels like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe you're the one. <laughs> it was a tough year for. <laughs> you're the One is a really good and underrated album. A lot of songs come from that. I mean, there are actually more songs from that album recorded that I didn't put on this huh. particular record that I have as ex extra tracks. That was a breakthrough album for me in terms of writing. How so? If I, I, as a follower of your music, uh, 
I mean, I'm well, always surprised, uh, but what would... I don't know. Let's see, you know, the sounds, uh, lyrics. Uh, it was like uh, after a period of time that I was... Uh, I had been several years where I was uh, drinking ayahuasca and, mm. you know, the visions from that. And, and, and then I stopped that. that was, that's when I stopped in 2000. So there's a lot of that in there and... Did your uh, healing that you talked about just recently when you went to Brazil involve any of that? I, no, I, I didn't. Yeah. No, he doesn't do that. Yeah, okay. His name is Joao Teixeira. He lives in a little town that's north of Brasilia, a little town called Abijania. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say that uh, his healing uh, comes more from uh, Christian teachings, although he is not, it's not a religious thing when you go there and he says that very very clearly this is we we have we're not espousing any particular mm-hmm. religion this is just we, all of them he believes all of the religions are just a, a path to the same destination but no i don't think that it uh, had any dramatic effect upon me but it did allow me to you know more comfortably move into spiritual thinking which I've always been inclined towards, but uh, didn't really go there just out of kind of embarrassment. You said something at the beginning that I, I keeps uh, puzzling me because of all the things you, you talked about uh, violent dreams when you were young. And I think about all the writing that you've done, and I can, I, I'm just, my mind draws a blank to think about any songs that you dealt with that. And, and usually one of the impetuses for songwriters is to the stuff that's inside of you that's buried deep just starts coming out in that whole creative process. But that... No, that doesn't come out in the songs. No, it sure it's, doesn't. It's interesting. It's, it's, I, I, talk, interesting. I talk about it sometimes. Uh, it's but, in like... A, but 60 years of writing music yeah. I haven't heard. No, it's not in there. Uh-huh. It's not It's not in there. Is that puzzling to you? It seems it to me. Not really. No. <laughs> um, the whole thing is... Well, I shouldn't say not really. I guess, yes, it is. But more puzzling to me is why the violence yeah. dreams, especially starting at a, such a early age. So, I mean, uh, and you, you know, Western that? therapy thinking would be that, you know, there was some traumatic, traumatic event that I covered up. But I, I really don't think so. Uh, I had a peaceful, happy childhood. I I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, what any explanation that would help me would be something that I'd be very interested in. Although lately I've started to think like, well, I don't know what it is that I would do with an explanation. Yeah, that was my next. What am question. I gonna? You know. So what am I gonna? This is the explanation. I would say, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? Thanks. All through this record, I I kept listening to the uh, the individual songs and <laughs> I don't do many TV references in my life because I don't watch much but this one thing came to mind over and over again it's it's Columbo saying there's it, just one more thing bothering me <laughs> and uh-huh. you know it's like so I wondered when I listened to I'm sorry that was a terrible Columbo but I wonder mm-hmm. if if if, uh, if I play this song if I play love I'm gonna play the top verse lyrics got changed and I'm gonna play little old little new and you can just tell me what it was that you wanted different. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
crave it so badly Makes you wanna laugh out loud When you see that and gobble it like candy We think it's easy Sometimes it's easy But it's not easy You're gonna break down and cry Now the new version. Make sure wanna laugh out loud when you receive it and gobble it like candy. We think it's easy, sometimes it's easy, but it's not easy. You're gonna break down and cry. And if you're wondering why, why, why? So for uh, I'm yeah. glad that uh, that first version was the first version because I was as I was listening to it, I said, "Oh man, that note's out of tune." <laughs> There's one more thing bothering me. <laughs> uh, so the the. For people who yeah, catch it, I think it's a better lyric. The second, the second one. That's why I changed it. The old one said, well, "We're not important. We should be grateful." And if you're wondering why, and right, that's uh, okay. You know, that's true. That's true. But uh, I don't know. There was something too simple about that. And uh, we're only here for a season of sunlight. And if you're wondering why, if you're wondering, well, you know, what is our pur- why are we here? What's our purpose? Then love, that's why we're here. We're here to love. Uh, so I, I, I think that's, I prefer that. And uh, if you think about all the answers to the questions of your dreams, or I think about people who can articulate like you can, living a life and wondering toward, you know, the latter half of, the, of mm-hmm. your life, what... What it all means, we all want something profound in the end in many ways for there to be purpose. And in so many ways, this song sums it up for me. And I'm thinking that if in the end it was just love, I'm okay with that. Have you come to any sort of, or or are you hoping to come to some sort of greater resolve about uh, with all the storytelling you've done and all the thinking and all the world you've seen and things that you've gotten to experiment, you're, you're, you, know, you know you are a, a fortunate soul. You, you appreciate it. You show your appreciation for uh, being uh, blessed so well in this world, you know, opportunity and uh, all that. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not as troubled by that question as others are. I don't really think too much about why are we, you know, why are we here and what's our purpose. Uh, it seems to me the main thing that we're that we're here for is to enjoy it. So if you're lucky enough to be in that part of the world where you can enjoy it, where you know you're not 
just having the life squeezed out of you by by oppression. If you're lucky enough to be that, you should enjoy yourself. And uh, I didn't make that decision with that kind of wisdom when I was uh, 13, 14 years old and decided that I wanted to be uh, a songwriter and a musician. But that's really what has been the case in my life. I've I've loved it. I, I really love it still. Uh, and I, I'm fortunate in that uh, the thing that I loved also provided me with uh, enormous success, uh, which is hard, much harder for musicians to attain in today's world than it was mm-hmm. when I began to have success in the 60s. So I think... Enjoy yourself, you know, have fun, enjoy yourself, do good mm-hmm. is your responsibility. And the rest of the questions, they're a mystery, uh, but it's a, I find the mystery pleasurable. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I don't expect to know the answer to most of the mystery, and uh, I, that's what gives me pleasure. It's not like I, I feel frustrated we don't have the capacity to understand the great mysteries of life and God or no, no God or infinity. and We just can't get it. It's beyond us, but it's fine. We're not meant to get that. But the, the pursuit is so interesting that I think it's life-sustaining. And I think when you lose the interest in that pursuit— you're finished, and uh, you let you know you let your body go, and or it's going anyway, and that's sufficient for me as far as answering that question. You know, I'm not. I don't find the question to be uh, torturing or anything like that. Well, thanks for this. I know the line's going to get cut off in a, in a minute, and uh, I look forward to wherever you're creative endeavors take you, uh, perhaps you'll wind up sharing it with the world, maybe not, but uh, hope for joy for you and your loving family and wherever that leads. Kind of you to say, thank you. You'd be well. Cheers. Okay, bye. I'm Bob Boylan for NPR Music. It's all songs considered. If every human on the planet and all the buildings on it should disappear Would a zebra grazing in the African savanna care enough to shed one zebra tear Questions for the angels Questions for the angels This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Stamps.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. NPR. 